What's your Everest? You know, the highest mountain on earth, a metaphor for a goal that is so big that it scares you to even speak it out loud. That goal that takes more than a season, a year, or maybe takes a lifetime to even accomplish. I'm Colleen Rue, the voice of the mountain and your host as we meet inspiring individuals who know what it's like to set big goals and how to accomplish them. Welcome to My Everest, a 29029 podcast. When most people sign up for 29029, they get used to being asked, but why? Why in the world would you want to climb the same mountain for 36 hours? Why would you want to put yourself through that? Why would you climb in the rain, the sun, the dark, and maybe even the snow? Why would you dedicate so much of your time to earn a red hat? Joni Rich has been asked why more times than she can remember. That's probably because she was the first 29029 participant in 2021 to wear a black bib, signifying that she had completed three previous events. She didn't stop there, not even close. She went on to become the first participant to earn the designation of 10-time finisher in 2023. Remember, when the co-founders started 29029, they didn't even know if people would come back more than once. To date, Joni has come back 13 times climbed every single mountain we've offered and has never gone home without a red hat. Somebody asked me, they're like, well, you know, haven't you climbed in over these? Like, don't you want to just go like climb, like go do like, you know, Everest or go, you know, go to Kilimanjaro or something. I'm like, yeah, that would be great. I'd love to do that. But this is a lot more convenient and easier and shorter. But, you know, the other thing is I realized it's just like someone who's addicted to running marathons. This is just a different event that I love doing. I'm addicted to the event. So if we want to call it endurance hiking, I'm addicted to endurance hiking. Whether she likes it or not, Joni has become a legend on the mountain. She's fun-sized and fierce and always has the perfect outfit for her final lap of the weekend. 29029 wouldn't be the same without her. And with this little peek behind the curtain, you'll realize why Joni's answer to why is usually why not? I had gone to college with Jesse. Uh, we both went to American University and we were friends, not like amazing friends, but we were friends. And so post-college, I was following him on Facebook, um, you know, sort of like I delved in and out of Facebook. And at one point, actually a good friend of mine, one of my best friends to this day, Peter, had done an event with him. They did a paddle around Manhattan a few years previous, literally on a paddleboard. And I was like, Peter, why didn't you invite me? Like, that's so up my alley. I was sort of pissed at him. And he's like, it was the hardest thing and it sucked and was everything. But it had put Jesse sort of back on the map for me that he was doing some endurance stuff. And so, you know, I was following him and he put a post out and I want to say it was in July of 2017. And it was something to the extent of, did you ever want to climb Mount Everest, but you didn't have the time to get there? What if we brought it to you? You know, we're going to rent a mountain. And if you climb it 17 times, it would be the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest. And it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a celebration. It's going to be, they sort of, he described it more like a festival. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have this and that. So I actually messaged him and I said, Jesse, I think I'm really interested in this. And he messaged me back. And when we went to school at American University, there were two dorms. They were called Anderson and Letts. And in between, there was something called the quad. 
that there were other dorms all over campus, but these two were the two that a lot of the kids stayed at. And my sorority sisters all did, his fraternity brothers all did. And the quad was this place where we would always gather. And mind you, back, I'm going to date myself, we were legal to drink when we were in college. So there was beer all the time. Like, it was just a fun thing. We weren't doing anything we weren't allowed to. And it was a great time. Always music. Always, you know, it was Anderson Let's Quad was the place to be. It was super fun. So he said, envision the Anderson Let's Quad, but we're going to hike in between or something like that. And I thought, oh, my God, this is so much fun. So I ran downstairs and I showed it to my husband. I said, I sort of think this is something I want to do. And he said, it's right up your alley. You should totally do it. So, you know, I'm thinking that everyone in the world is going to want to sign up for this, the coolest event ever. So I quickly sign up. And then I realized that I have to find two tent mates. And uh, basically the way to make it more cost effective was to have two roommates and not get a tent by yourself. So now I'm like, who the heck else am I going to find that actually wants to do this with me? I mean, you know, this is not going to be easy. I had gone out that afternoon and done something in town. I was down at the, on the Jersey Shore and I literally ran into a girlfriend of mine. She was on her bicycle. She almost ran me over. And I knew that she was a marathon runner. And I said, Lisa, you would love to do this. Go home. You got to look up. You got to sign right away before he fills up. So Lisa's really cool. She's well-traveled. She's very athletic. She looks at it. She calls me up. She goes, I'm in. I'm like, well, we need one more. And I had a friend. The two of them really didn't know each other that well at the time. I knew her and she was a runner. She was a breast cancer survivor. And I thought she'd be a really great addition. And the three of us signed up and off we went to Vermont that first year. You keep saying that this was right up your alley. Who was Joni in 2017 and before that to make wanting to climb Everest right up your alley? I'm a little complicated in that I live in three different states. So I live in Florida in the wintertime. I live in, on the Jersey Shore in the summertime. And when I'm not at either of those places, I live in Pennsylvania. But if you backtrack to when I wasn't moving around so much and I was bringing up my kids and I was in Pennsylvania most of the time, I live 10 miles off the Appalachian Trail. So there's a lot of hiking going on in my life. I live in a very remote area in the middle of uh, over 90 miles outside of Philadelphia. So I really, we're not a suburb. We literally live in a rural area and hiking became so much fun to me. And if you're familiar with the Appalachian Trail, there's so many parts of it. And we had put together a really good group of hikers and we used to hike on Sundays mainly. And we would pick different parts of the trail. And sometimes we would do, we would leave cars and we would go point to point. We would go in and out and back, like all kinds of stuff. And it really... I really loved it. So that's where hiking came. So then when I heard, and I couldn't run anymore, I busted my hamstrings so many times and I'm a fitness freak and I love any kind of quote unquote competition or event that this was all the things checked every box for me. It was fitness. It was a great workout. It was hiking. It was an event. I had to travel for it. It wasn't going to take up three weeks of my life. It was going to be a weekend. And I didn't realize that because it was a challenge and not a race, that it was going to create a community. That part I didn't see coming. The community was something that started to build right away. I mean, that first year, I go back Mm -hmm. and look at those pictures from 2017 and the community starting right there. The event has obviously changed tremendously. And, And it was great then. It's better now. It's just different. There's different parts of it. But it was a little bit different because, you know, the weather was a little bit tricky and we were hiking at night and some people didn't and we were all over the place. But I remember when it was over, we had like these, I think there were like bonfires and there was a bar down in Vermont, you know, where they they used to have like, there was AstroTurf and we had, we had fires set up and couches and all kinds of stuff. 
And we sat, we finished Sunday. You have to, you had to finish Sunday by two. So we sort of finished Sunday, you know, mid morning. And we all started drinking Bloody Marys and meeting. And that's really when a lot of us met and bonded. Like I remember meeting Lance Friedman. And we had so much fun just sort of recapping. And I met so many neat people that first year. So that was really fun um, and very, very different. And so obviously since then, the formats significantly changed. I mean, that first year, they didn't even have the gondolas running at night. They had a fleet of Suburbans that drove us down the backside of the mountain. Yeah, it was almost like a two-day event instead of a continuous 36-hour event. Where Oh, absolutely. We started on Friday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And my understanding is the reason why they did that was for people that were working, they could work a half day and then show up at the mountain, which is hysterical to me looking back on it. And then we had to be off the mountain by Saturday night at 6 o'clock. We had a sit-down dinner upstairs in the lodge. I mean, it was lovely. And then... We started it again six o'clock the following morning and had to be done by two, I want to say. Yeah, interesting. The climb times were so different, but still, again, that community was able to be formed in those little moments of the banquets oh, and when you guys got to the sit dinner, down. The dinner was was so much fun and so cool. And at that point, I remember this. So Jesse got up and spoke and there were only a handful of people at that point who had finished. And they were really a bunch of very elite athletes I'm way out of my league. I mean, one guy was an NFL player. There was uh, that guy, Jack, who was the, he was like a medic who was jumping out of helicopters and saving people, like really crazy athletic people that I had no business being around. I remember looking around at one point and thinking, what am I doing here? This is, I mean, I'm all fun and games and I love sports, but I think this, I think I'm I like, they're going to laugh at me here, you know? As he spoke, he was so excited about what he had created. And it was still playing out. It wasn't even done yet. It was mid, it was mid event, but he was so excited. And that night, that afternoon was what was born of the different mountains and what you can complete. Because he, as he said, it became very obvious to him that not everybody was going to finish, but that everybody had done something really spectacular, no matter what it was. And so they quickly did the research and figured out you know, if you climb this, you would climb that. And if you climb this many feet, you would climb that. And so that was really instituted right away. Interesting. And it's interesting that it was born kind of as the event was happening. As soon as he realized that it wasn't going to, like that's, that not everybody was going to finish, he quickly went into that mode. But but they have done something awesome and they, ha- they, they have to be recognized for it. Yeah, it it really is. And that's really what the mountain has become is a training ground for your yourself and for what you can bring to the mountain. And not everybody will finish, but you did finish that first year. Is that right? I did finish. <laughs> I did. And, you know, looking back on it, I'm pretty sure there were no training programs. There were no coaches. There was nothing. And so when I went into it, kept thinking to myself, like, I've never done anything like this. I mean, I've never done an ultra then. I've never even run a marathon. The most I ever ran was a half marathon. So I'm like, well, what do I need? Like, what do you, what do you do? And so in my mind, I thought to myself, I'm going to need really strong legs and I'm going to need the ability to be on my feet for hours and hours and hours. But my biggest fear was how I was going to stay up past my bedtime. <laughs> Because I go to bed pretty early most nights. So I was like, this is, that was my biggest fear, which turned out to, that was the thing I shouldn't have worried about at all. Because you're so, you know, 
filled with adrenaline and you're so highly caffeinated, the last thing you want to do is sleep, you know, but I didn't know that. So that's really what my mindset was. And so, you know, remember I, I signed up in June in July and the event was in October. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like we had a lot of time. So I spent my summer at the Jersey shore. And if I wasn't being a responsible human, I was on my paddleboard. I would take a walk. I'd go play pickleball. I'd go work out. Like to me, all of that added up to time on my feet and, and working. And so that's sort of how I've always, how I always trained. Like even yesterday was a perfect example for me. I went to the gym in the morning and then I played pickleball late morning and then I got on my paddleboard mid afternoon. Yeah. And it's, and that's what we found too, as we've, as 29 to 29 has changed and progressed that time on feet and the whole training program of how to get someone, even like you who live on the Jersey shore or down in Florida at low elevation, how to get them trained to climb mountains. And it was a lot of, we just need to be on our feet and we just need to learn how to keep moving. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's two things. It's, I think it's being on your feet and it's moving. And, you know, people always say to me, well, well I'm not a runner. I, I can't do this. And, and I always say this, you don't really not obviously the training program has you running to, to build up stamina, but you don't want to be at a pace on that mountain where you're running per se. Like you will gas out. I tell people this all the time. You want to, you don't want a heart rate that is so fast that your heart's pounding out of your chest. That is, that is the kiss of death. And that's why I always, you will always see me start in the middle or towards the back. Because that pace that people start with because they're really excited is the wrong pace. And for, not, not for everybody. For some people, it's fine and they can handle. But for the majority of us, if you're going too fast, I guarantee you, you are going to get gassed. Yeah. And once you get gassed, it's hard to recover from that. It's something that so, just takes slow and steady forward movement. That being said, though, it is really hard to go slow your first time because you're excited and everyone else is going fast and you don't want, you know, you feel everybody passing you and all that kind of stuff. Like, pass me all you want because odds are later on I'm going to pass them. I, if I haven't done it this many times, I, I I couldn't say that without having done it as many times and seen it happen over and over again. One of the things that happens on the mountain a lot, and I will always shake my head at this, is I'll be hiking, I'll be hiking, I'll be hiking. And two people pass me. And then they stop to take a break and they're on the side of the mountain. And then I pass them and then they start again. They pass me again. And it, it goes on and on. And I just feel like saying, if you just slow down, you wouldn't have to take so many breaks, but they can't find that rhythm. And that rhythm is a really hard place to find. But once you find that zone, it's so easy. And, you know, I tell people and people know I'm not a fast hiker. You've seen me. I have the ability for some reason to be able to go forever and ever and ever. And so, especially I remember in Jackson Hole this year, I could feel people behind me. And mountain etiquette is if you feel someone behind you, the right thing to do is say, would you like to pass me? And you go to the side. So every time I felt somebody behind me, I would say, do you want to pass me? And I will tell you 90 to 95% of the time, you know what they said? No, I love your pace. I just want to be behind you. Right. So that's sort of validated the way I go about it. Well, I think there's yeah. a lot of things that validate it because here we are, you know, from 2017 till now, you've completed 10 mountains successfully. Actually, no. Oh, 13. 13. Idaho was 10. Wyoming was 11. Utah was 12. And yeah, Whistler was 13. was 13. Lucky 13. Lucky 13. It's And it's crazy that it's built up to that. And 
does 29 out 29 for you doing it 13 times does it still hold that same adventure for you you know it's so different because the event has changed so yes it's always it's still exciting it's it's a little bit different for me you know couple years back so right post covid when our first event was sun Idaho. yep sun valley yep. show up with two girlfriends and we get to our tent and their stuff's lying on their bed and their swag and this and that and i'm like i don't have a bib my, my bib's missing girls my bib's missing and i'm like you have your bib you have your bib and everyone has a bib but me and i'm like i can't do this without a bib so i'm texting mark and i'm texting matt and it, I, they are ghosting me. No one is replying to me. And I'm a nervous wreck. I'm like, I can't do this without my bib. Well, I didn't know this, but I was going to get a black bib. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Okay. Right. So because first time, the- first, first, second and third time people who are there at 29 or 29 who have never finished before they get a white bib to wear. But if you finish three times that on your fourth attempt, you get to wear a black bib. And this was your but I fourth guess I was the first person. So you that this was... This was the, I didn't know that this was going to happen. I didn't know it was a thing. And so, you know, we go to the opening ceremony and they present me with this bib and it was really hard for me because something that people don't know about me and both you, which is hard to believe, is that we both hate attention. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's which true. Funny because what you do garners a lot of attention, but you really, it's really for other people. I never meant to be in this position. I didn't ask. It's not why I started doing it. It sort of happened organically and certainly not something I never said, I'm going to do this so many times. I'm going to get that is completely if you know me, you know, that's not me. So, you know, here I am and people are like, wow. And then suddenly over and all these questions. And I just I wasn't ready for it. And I wasn't mentally ready for it. I wasn't asking for it. And I found myself like a nervous wreck and cowering. And I'm like, this is just not you know, I just want to go climb, you know, I just love climbing. And so um, it's something that I have learned to say thank you when people congratulate me. I have learned now that I really can help people and I do enjoy it. Um, but I'm not the guru and I don't know it all. And I certainly don't claim to, and I can only tell you what works for me. And, you know, I am not a coach and there are professionals that are paid to do a lot more than me to get people up the mountain. Um, the excitement, yes. Is it still there? Yes. Has it changed? 100%. That year I was so excited just to climb. And then this all happened and I was like, is, is this how it is? Like that, this is a little weird. And so when I got to the next mountain, I was half excited and I was more nervous. And I'm like, now people think I'm something I'm not. And like, this isn't what I asked for. And it was really awkward. And it was a terrible climb. If you recall, I, to this day, it was my worst and still, you know, it was, it was all of those things. And I, I had to learn, I hadn't embraced it yet. I hadn't even really understood what I had done. You know, I really just wanted to go climb. And, you know, as I've always said, it's the best workout of your life. And so I, I had to come around to being excited again and stop being fearful of that attention and that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting because you were showing up because you wanted to bring friends, you wanted a great workout, you wanted to experience the highs and lows that the mountain gave you. That was what you were there for. I always brought friends. I'm like, you got to do this. You're going to have so much fun. You're going to have the time of your life. You're going to get a great workout. You're going to meet the coolest people. Like, that's why I went. That's why it was exciting, you know? Yeah, and so as you got farther in it, and really with 
with the black bibs, you're right. We it was kind of like you said, where Jesse realized on that very first day that oh, we need to recognize people because of what they've done on the mountain. Not everybody's going to finish this. So let's go with the seven summits and we'll recognize people as they work their way towards Everest. It was kind of the same thing with the black bib where all of a sudden, well, Joni's climbing for her fourth time. This is special. We need to recognize this. And I think it's interesting that you were there thinking, I just want to be here. I didn't think it was special, to be honest with you. I really... I really did not think it was special. Um, looking back on it now, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, but I just, that's not why I do this. You know, that's not, I don't do it so you say, you know, oh, Jody's got her, this is just, it's so not me. I mean, when I go home, no one gives a hoot who I am. No one gives a hoot in my house who I am. It's more like, when's dinner? Did you take the garbage out? You know, it's so it's very odd for me. I don't live for that kind of stuff. Well, it's, it is really an interesting perspective. And I think that's why you are so successful all the time on the mountain is because you're there for a great workout. You're there knowing that there's going to be highs and lows. You're not there with any expectation of celebration or kudos or anything like that. You're just there because you want to be there. You know, it's funny that you say that this year, I had, so 2023, I was going to do five events. I was turning 55. I thought, what a cool way to celebrate my 55th birthday. You know, and and, and just another aside for, for people, you think about it. For me, it's been a great way to see the country. I mean, I'm not really sure I'd go to Idaho in the summertime if it wasn't for 29 or 29. I'm pretty sure I'd never would. So like, for me, it's taken me to, I mean, Jackson Hole in July. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't go there otherwise. So for me, it's been just a wonderful way to see the country too. You know, and look, we've been to British Columbia mm-hmm. this year. We're going to be up in Montreal. So for me, it's just a, I love traveling and then getting a great workout on top of it all. Um, but so anyway, I had planned to do five this year. And then it, it came very apparent that I needed shoulder surgery. And if I waited until five, I was really going to stretch out my recovery. So I made the executive decision to pull out of Vermont because I had been there every year since inception. I was fine with missing it. I'd been there enough so I could speed up the surgery. So I wound up doing four. So I knew I was going to do head four that I was going to do under my belt. I got to Idaho and all I kept thinking was, I can't believe I'm going to do four of these this year. What was I thinking? It's going to be so many. It sounds exhausting. I hadn't even started yet. I was already right. exhausted. Kind of your, your head was just kind of reeling. I was like, well, you know, what am I, this is, this is going to be a lot. And, you know, I was, I was second guessing my decision. Well, it didn't even dawn on me. I mean, sure. I knew it was my 10th event, but it didn't dawn on me that, Number one, 10 is a big number. And number two, that I was the first to get to 10 until about halfway through the weekend. And I was climbing and it, so we started Friday. It had to be Saturday morning or late Friday night where I was like, this is sort of important. It never even dawned on me. And I'm not, I'm not making this up. Right. I I knew it was 10, but it, 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 it was just 10. It didn't, it wasn't anything special. Right. And again, I just go back to the fact that you are here on these mountains because of what they are. And I love it. I think that's such a cool thing. It's just such a a cool mindset to have that you're just there because I want to be in this experience. I want to feel what this experience is and I want to come back and do it again. Let me ask you this question. What if there is a time that you don't get a red hat. 
I talked to our friend that you know, our mutual friend, Noah Pines, his fourth time out, first time with a black bib, he went to Jackson and he got sick, probably with a virus, something like that. It wasn't really, it doesn't seem like it was mountain related. It was just kind of a bad raw deal. He didn't walk away with a red hat that day. Have you ever thought about that? You know, that's a really good question. I never think in terms of a red hat. I, I swear. And I know no one's going to believe this. I just go out there and do my best. And I try to figure it out. If I didn't finish, I'd say I didn't finish. You know what? I've got, I've done it enough times. Even that year when I was in Utah and I really, really struggled. And sure, did I finish? And yes. And isn't anyone going to feel sorry for me that I finished longer than normal? No. And I wasn't even mad at myself about that. It was just a, I struggled. So I always say that that was such a good experience for me to struggle that bad because it made me realize how other people feel. Like some mountains, I fly up them, some not so much. That one, I didn't even crawl. It was less than a crawl to get up to the top. So it was a great experience for when I see people that are really down and they're digging deep, I dug as deep as I ever did that day. So I know what it's like to feel like crap. I know what it's like to wonder, am I gonna get up there? We used to have something called a Sherpa group. And basically it was almost like a red hat pace. But if you went with a Sherpa group and each each ascent was led by a coach, and if you stuck with that Sherpa group, you were guaranteed to finish. Well, when the Sherpa group passed me, I was like, I'm in trouble. I mean, I remember they passed me like, you want to climb with us? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. You keep going. <laughs> it was awful. Um, but even then, it, it, it didn't, I don't know if you don't finish. You know what? I've done it enough times. I'll be okay. You know, will I be disappointed? Who wouldn't be? But I don't think I would like quit or say I'm never coming back again. You know, that's where you people say they want to go back and get redemption and that kind of stuff. So that's a really good question. I've honestly never thought about it. I've never thought, I'm, I've ne not that I'm so cocky that I think I'm going to finish every time. You just, every time you go out, and I always say this too, I said, listen, I could twist my ankle on lap three. I could get sick on the mountain. It could happen at any time. You give it your all, you do your best, you show up prepared. You know, this event is not just showing up on Thursday and going home on Sunday. From the minute that you start reading about it to making the executive decision to sign up, to paying for it, to training for it, to telling people about it, that is the entire experience. Finishing is just one part of a very, very big picture that is this big. It's all it's all part of the event. Yeah. Right. And it and it is. And I love how you embrace that because that's the mindset that I think has allowed you to be quote unquote so successful in the 29029 world, where you weren't even looking for that success, but it's that mindset, that that Joni mindset is different because a lot of people will come and how many times do we see on Friday, Joni? Sam is climbing the mountain and he's like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to get my red pad. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Overthinking Friday morning, what isn't even happening until Saturday afternoon. Right. I always tell people, you know, do a couple of cents and then start to come up with a plan because you can have all the plans in the world and people come with note cards and ridiculous things. I've never, I've, I've, I've never done any of that stuff, but you got to get a feel for the mountain and you can't get, even if you went and you test hiked up one day, well, if it wasn't raining that day, it's going to be a different event. And so you sort of have to go out there that weekend, start it out, do a couple of cents, 
look at your timing. Where are you? What's the weather doing? And then you can start to come up with a plan. Still, may it change? Absolutely. But if you come in with very specific expectations, you are going to be very disappointed because there are so many factors in what makes the event and each time for me, it's been different, whether it has to do with food or heat or rain or snow. You know, back in years ago in Vermont, I can't even think of what year, we had all four seasons in 36 hours. Yeah. We had snow, we had rain, we had ice, and I finished in a tank top. I mean, we finished, I finished in a snowstorm. Look at Whistler this year. We saw that weather coming and my girlfriend Bonnie finished it with snow and sideways. I think what I'm hearing from you is, and what I've seen from you, is you always show up prepared, no matter what. So you're, as far as your physical condition, you are always working your body in the background. You're always training. You're always showing up in the best way that you can, which means you're able to navigate whatever's thrown at you that weekend. You know, we're given a lot of tools to get ready. And that's the one thing that you can control is your preparation. Now, granted, yes, guys, I'm in a little bit of a different shape. I mean, I'm I'm retired. I don't work anymore. My kids are grown, which is goes back to sort of why I do this now. I would never would have done this when my kids were young. And I was like, I wouldn't have the time. Like, this is a luxury to me because I have that kind of time in my life. Like, this is, I get that it's not normal to go do it 14 or 17 times or whatever. So this is, this is my time. I am, you know, I'm older. Um, but there's a lot of things that we can control. And, and people say to me, like, you know, especially down here, I was at the fitness center and, and somebody said to me, like, what, what, you come here every morning at 6 a.m. How do you do it? And I said, you know, I always have something on the calendar that I'm working towards. And so there's a reason to get out of bed and get, and get training every day. And so if it's not this, it's a pickleball tournament. It used to be, I was a crazy CrossFitter and did competitions. I was always getting ready for something. And so that's, um, that's the one thing that I can control. And so, you know, my routine is that I get up very early every day because some days I don't get to do all those great things, like get on my paddleboard or go play pickle. And, you know, if I can work out at 530 and be done by 730, then the rest of the day is for everybody else. So, you know, I am highly motivated and highly driven and, and dedicated to fitness for sure. Um, but having something that I know I'm working towards makes me keep doing it. Yeah. I, I just think you're throwing out so many, so many really unique mindset and preparation nuggets here that are huge. And the reason why you are Joni, it, what's, it's what makes you Joni and what makes you, when we look at you from the 29 or 29 perspective, that successful person who was the first 10 time finisher and now has 13 red hats and I love the fact that you just keep showing up. You put it on your calendar. You just keep showing up because I think that is the way that we need to live. That's It's not the be all to end all to do one thing, put a red hat on it and walk away. We just keep showing up. We just keep climbing. Somebody asked me, like, well, you know, haven't you climbed in over these? Like, don't you want to just go, like, climb, like, go do, like, you know, Everest or go, you know, go to Kilimanjaro or something? I'm like, yeah, that would be great. I'd love to do that. But this is a lot more convenient and easier and shorter. But, you know, the other thing is I realized it's just like someone who's addicted to running marathons. This is just a different event that I love doing. 
I'm addicted to the event. So if we want to call it endurance hiking, I'm addicted to endurance hiking. Just so it's not so much that, you know, well, you've climbed mountains, now go do something better. I, I just love every part of the event. I love that it, there's a start, there's an end, that there's people. Going hiking with my girlfriends on a weekend to travel, that's a different event. But I think it's more than just the climbing. It's the whole thing that I love so much. And I love my relationship with you guys. And I love the people that I meet. And I mean, look at Patrick and I who have become, you know, guys like my brother. I mean, look at Thomas Zebley, my other brother. These guys have meant so much to me and their families and their wives are my good friends. So it's more than just climbing. It's like, I know I'm going to see all these guys every time I go and we're going to have a great time and we're going to laugh and we're going to climb and we're going to inspire people. And that's really cool. There you have it, my Everest, the latest episode of the 29029 podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about 29029 events or read more stories from an incredible community of individuals, you can head over to 29029everesting.com. That's 29029everesting.com. I'm Colleen Rue, the voice of the mountain. Keep climbing. We'll meet you at the next summit.